0: We ask your kingdom would come. Your will would be done in this place, in this time, among this people, in this park. Father, bring your kingdom, break your kingdom into this place, into our hearts, Lord God. We ask you to speak that word of life, that calling, calling people who are outside your kingdom into your kingdom, Lord, into your grace, into your family into the life of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We ask that this morning. Father, loving Father, we ask, we seek, we knock, we ask for you to bless us with the Holy Spirit, to pour out your Spirit upon us, Lord. We don't want to just hear about you. We want to know you. We want to encounter you, Lord God. We invite you here. We open our hearts to you, Lord. We ask you to speak. Give us ears to hear what you have for us this morning. We love you. Thank you for this time. Amen. All right. Good, take a seat. It's good to see you. Anybody go to any graduation ceremonies this week? Yeah, we got one. Yeah, Colin graduated. Any other come on, graduation ceremonies? Becky was at a couple. Yeah, they do them for middle school now. And, you know, surviving middle school is worth marking. That's kind of a big deal, right? You survived middle school. So, we did have a middle school promotion and we had a high school promotion. This guy over here graduated. And, uh, you know, there were balloons and there were gowns and people were dressed up and there were tassels and there were speeches encouraging speeches, rousing speeches you know like go change the world why not you let's get them you know stuff like that and you know i like that that's encouraging yeah let's reach out let's let's help change the world let's reach for the brass ring i'm not sure what that means but let's let's do that and and at the same time like juxtaposed with that is, you know, the headlines we read, right, the, the, the shootings, the, you know, Putin is still, maybe you forgot, Putin is still aggressively taking uh, lives and trying to take area in uh, Ukraine, stuff, bad stuff's happening, like big problems, like not easy fixes, not just hey we need to do hard do do more or work harder and yes we must take good constructive actions right good policies good things we need to work on things there's much work to do and there is this hard truth hard truth that was not spoken i didn't hear it i doubt you heard it either in any of those speeches Good, thoughtful policies can help. They won't solve the problems. They won't won't solve, the word solve, the problem. They may kind of help limit it, limit the problem, the scope and the harm. Yes, hopefully, let's work on that. But the source of the problem runs deeper. It's deeper than a quick fix, a change, more money, stuff like that. Different political party. And Jesus has revealed it for us. God has revealed it for us so we don't miss it. So we go after the big, real, underlying root problem. He exposed the root in Matthew 15, 19. Jesus said, listen, from the heart, the human heart, Every heart come, generates evil thoughts, evil thoughts, ideas, you know, murders, adulteries, sexual immorality. It starts in the heart, in that inner life, in our inner selves. Thefts, lying, slander. They come from the human heart. And these are what defile us. These are what messes up. This is what messes up the world. It's in the human heart. James 1.14 tells us, temptation to sin, to do wrong, to do those things listed, comes from our own desires from within, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. Right? They're in there and then sometimes... You know, they, they result in action. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. That's what's happening in the Ukraine. We see evil and harm full-blown. That's what happened in Texas. Evil, harm, full-blown, death. It starts in the heart. How are we going to fix that? You got a policy for that. More slogans, be kind. Yes, be kind. It's good reinforcement. Let's let's encourage that. But man, we got something bigger going on. I know it's not a very inspirational graduation speech here. That's maybe why you're not going to hear it. But it's the truth. Humans are born with this Heart level corruption that goes deep and it goes back a long time to Adam and Eve. Evil is this misuse of free will. And we all do it. We all think about it. And then sometimes we do it. And then sometimes we see the harm it causes. How are we going to fix that? Sin, the sin thing is powerful, it's pervasive, it's deep. That's not the end of the the speech. Thankfully, mercifully, God has moved on our behalf to do what we could not do for ourselves, what we can't do for ourselves, what no political party or policy or idea is ultimately going to be able to do. God is bringing real change. He is transforming hearts. He is making dead hearts new. He is putting a force in people that's stronger than that tendency in us to do the wrong thing. We all have that tendency, that power is in each one of us. But God is pouring out a power that changes hearts, your heart, my heart. A force that inspires you and me to do good. To think less about ourselves and more about others. To learn to love Instead of resent and be bitter and hate. God is on the move in this world. That's why we're here this morning. God is forming a people who've been filled and touched with this power, with this spirit. That's the church all over the world. The true church is where the spirit of God is. Where he has called people from death to life. From separation to God. To unity with God. From being without hope, without God in the world, to being filled with his presence. That's what he's doing. That's what we've been reading about. That's the message series that we're in. It's called More of You, Lord, because that is the solution. More of the Lord. Not more religion. Not more... You know, external stuff. But God's spirit working, moving in us, and, and we learning to submit to that spirit, that force that's now alive in us instead of that old force for evil. That's the real change. God's called you into it, or if you're here this morning, God is calling you into that, and he wants to use us to call others into that as well. That's what's been happening in the book of Acts, which is the source book for this message series we're in. Acts is a record of the events around the early release of God's spirit on earth. It happened at Pentecost. Remember, let's, let's remember, let's recap this. right? So after Jesus came, God in the flesh, God came to be with us. When he came, he did something big. He presented himself on the cross as a sacrifice that cleanses you and me from our sins, that gives forgiveness, so that he can then pour his Holy Spirit in you and make you new, give you a new heart. After his death, he was raised, appeared to hundreds of disciples over a period of 40 days. Jesus returned then to the Father, and he poured out the Holy Spirit on his disciples who were in prayer, waiting for the gift that he had promised. All right. And then the Spirit enabled those disciples to do something. Enabled them to do something that they couldn't do on their own, that they couldn't generate, that they were incapable of doing on their own, and that is to praise God in other languages that they didn't speak. Remember this? It was a big crowd, a lot of people in Jerusalem at that time. That's where the disciples were. There was a lot of racket, crowd gathered. What are you, what's going on? What is this noise? We hear you proclaiming God's praises in languages that we know from where we come from. And then Jesus proclaimed the message about Jesus. Who he is, what he's done, what he offers. And he called them to repent. To turn away from sin in that way. Instead of just kind of giving in to sin, instead of kind of feeding sin, turn away from that way of living and do life with Jesus. Receive His forgiveness and walk with Him. And 3,000 in that crowd said yes. God fills them with the Spirit. This is God's new humanity Rescued, redeemed, no longer spiritually dead, but spiritually alive. That's the change we need. That's what he's doing. Now, let's listen to what the Spirit of God does when he's in you. He enables you and me to do things that we can't do on our own. Uh, First one, it's by the Holy Spirit that you are, even baseline, basic stuff, able to confess, to acknowledge, to proclaim that Jesus is Lord. The Holy Spirit enables you to know that and to see that and to say yes to that and to announce it. I am in the Lord. I am in Jesus. I am a follower of Christ. Jesus is Lord. If you're able to say that, it's a sign that the Spirit of God is at work or is in you. That's 1 Corinthians 12, 3. No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. It's also the Spirit of God in you enables you to know that you are now a child of God. Your identity has changed. You are now part of His family. You are adopted in. You are a child, a son or daughter of God now. Romans 8, 15 through 16, the Spirit you received that brought about your adoption to sonship, by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies that with our spirit, that we are God's children. If you know you're God's child, that's because the spirit of God's in you, working in you, helping you know that. It's how you know you're loved by God. Romans 5.5, 5, God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. It's by the spirit that you're able to put to death sin and walk in the spirit, live in life. Romans 8.13, for if by, if you living according to the flesh, the sin nature, if you're doing that, you're going to die. It'll lead to death. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. The way of life has been opened up for you and me. It's not a philosophy, it's not a thing, it's the power of God that saves you, that moves you, that enables you to begin to do the good things that God created us to do in the first place, but that we turned against. When you and I begin to walk by the Spirit, you have the Spirit and you begin to walk by the Spirit, you, you allow yourself to be led by the Spirit instead of led by this idea or that idea, this group or this thought or this sinful idea that pops up. When you walk by the Spirit, when you're led by the Spirit, you don't continue to sin. Following Jesus is not about not sinning. Following Jesus is about following the Lord, walking by the Spirit, obeying the Spirit. And as you do that, you're not going to sin. They're mutually incompatible. They're exclusive. To walk in the Spirit is to not walk in sin. So it's not just a do not do that, don't do that. It's do this, follow God, follow His Spirit, do the things He's calling you to do. That's what it looks like to be new, to be made new, to be people of the Spirit instead of the flesh. Galatians 5, 16, 17, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, of the sin sin nature, that sin tendency. So the remedy... Here's the fix, y'all. We already know it, but we forget it. You know, in the news feeds and stuff, we get caught up and sucked into that. I know, I, I do too. But the remedy for hearts that are unclean, that generate murders and thefts and lying and immorality and greed and hatred is being filled with the Holy Spirit. God's powerful personal presence That's the fix. That's what God's doing in the world. He's doing it all over the world. It's big. We don't always see it. It's not in the headlines. It's big. The Lord calls people to himself. That's what happened to Jesus' disciples in 30 AD, the year 30. And it continues to happen today. Now, this is God forming A new community, a new humanity, he calls it in Ephesians. What does this new humanity look like? It should look different, right? We should, when we gather, this gathering, this community filled with the Holy Spirit, we should look different than the world. And we do. I know we do here. I love it. I see it. But let's look at this new humanity. We get a picture of it early on in Acts. This is what it looked like at the beginning, you know, that group of people filled with the Holy Spirit at the beginning. It looked like this. Acts chapter 4. This is shortly after Pentecost. 4.32. All the believers, all right, those who have put their faith in Jesus, Jesus, I need your sacrifice. I need your salvation. You're the Lord. I want your spirit. God's spirit is in us. All the believers were one, united, In heart and mind. Internally and, you know, invisibly. No one claimed, listen, this is radical stuff. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own. But they shared everything they had. And with great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace... His goodness, his mercy, his compassion was so powerfully at work in them all that there was no needy person among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, he sold a field that he owned brought the money, and put it at the disciples' feet. All right, what do we observe there? What do we see in the early church filled with the Spirit of God? What sorts of things does the Spirit of God in his people prompt them to do that's different than the world? First of all, they're united. Our society is not united. Fighting, battling for this, for this. Power plays, twisting the truth to get their way. Right this world is divided divisiveness fractions in relationships this is common stuff this is normal life this side of heaven but in contrast the people filled with the spirit of god this early church they were one in spirit and mind one in heart and mind they were united they loved each other they worked hard at their relationships they were prompted and moved to love one another To work through conflict. To not just, wow, that relationship got hard, I'm going to go find some new ones. No, to stick in. Because we're children of God. We're sons and daughters of God, which means we're brothers and sisters. We work it out. We're family. That's a different thing. We have such a consumer mindset in this society. Ah, it's not working for me. Eh, see, I'll see what's over there. And we're just constant shoppers. Well, If you're in Christ, if you're in Christ, The people of God. This is it. This is the kingdom of God. This is the eternal thing. This lasts. Our relationships are going to last forever. So we work them out. We work to do the hard work of loving each other and being united, one in heart and mind. Working through conflict, misunderstandings, disagreements. All right? They're unified. That marks the people of God filled with the Spirit. The next thing is they're Generous, Like, wow, like crazy generous. Like they're selling stuff that they might need someday to help others in need. They're giving. You know, my natural tendency is to hold on. The Spirit of God is release, share, be generous, be giving. That's a different way than the world. That's different than our heart. That's different than, you know, we're told, man, we gotta gotta save it up. God calls us to give. God calls us to give, to be generous. As a result, there's no needy person among them. Wow. Wow, generous, giving, sharing. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's, Here's the offer from God for us. If you want more of the Lord, if you want more of the Lord in your life, if you want more of His Spirit, His power, His grace, His joy, His blessings, then we need to do the things that He calls us to do, to be united. If we're we're not loving each other, God's Spirit is not going to fall here. He's not going to move. That's going to just constrain and quench the Spirit. It's up to all of us to seek, to unite, to to work through things, to be generous with each other. If we're stingy, if we see a need, and we don't help materially or serving, or we don't go out of the way for each other, we're not people who are walking in the Spirit. We're not letting the Spirit move. We can control the gate. It's wild, right? God puts a Spirit in you, but you and I still have to choose Am I going to go with that? Am I going to walk in that? Or am I going to play it safe, listen to that other voice? If we want more of the Holy Spirit, you and I, we must seek to be reconciled. Maybe, maybe there's somebody here that you know you got to go talk to. you got to work it through. They, they've been bothering you. They offended you. Maybe they know it. Maybe they don't you yeah, got work it through. That's the thing. That's the new humanity. That's being a child of God and the family of God. We work it out. If you're stuck in that, how do I do that? I've tried. Talk to me. Talk to one of the leaders. Talk to your small group leader. We've done it, man. If you're in leadership, you've been in it for a while, we've worked through conflict because the Spirit of God makes us do it. That's what he does in the whole body. It's for all of us. Is God calling you to give, to be generous? Are you? Ah, yeah, I'll get to it. Let's let's let the Spirit flow by let's flow with the Spirit. Let's do the things He calls us to do, each of us. All right. We want more of the Spirit. We've got to be united. We've got to be generous with each other. That's the new humanity. Now, there's more. There's more if we want to be filled with the Spirit. If we want more of the Lord. Maybe you don't want the Lord. Maybe you're not interested. Just, you know, hang in. It's only go a little bit longer. Uh, let's see the early church. We're going to circle back to Acts chapter 2, uh, an area we didn't cover yet. Let's see what the Spirit of God did in the people of God when they joined together. Acts 2, 42. This is what they did. They devoted themselves Devoted themselves, persisted in, remained in, kept at it. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. That's what we call the New Testament today. The Apostles' teaching has been preserved for us. We have it in the New Testament. The New Testament points back to the Old Testament. It's one cohesive story. It's the Bible. They devoted themselves to the Apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to being together. Into to the breaking of bread, which is eating together. It's also taking communion together. And to prayer, to talking to God together, to bringing what's inside out to God together. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. God was moving. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Here it is again. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. Every day. Not just, you know, one Sunday a month or you know, when it's convenient or if nothing better is going on. Man, they, they met together. They broke bread in their homes, ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God, enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This thing was growing. God was powerfully present. So, if you want more of the Lord, if we want more of the Lord together, more of His Spirit, more, more healing, more breakthrough, more, more growth. Then we need to devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching. That's what they did. They got in God's word. They knew God's word. They were, that's how we get to know Jesus better. The contours and details of his life and, and what he commands and what he says is good and what's not good. And we have to learn to you know, define our terms by what God has said, not by what society says or what we heard growing up. Being in God's word renews our minds. Sets us free from lies and weird messages we've gotten in the past. Devote yourselves to the apostles' teaching. That's number three. The other thing, devote yourself. Devote yourself. Persist in. Like remain in. Fellowship. Sunday mornings, we're here. During the week, we gather in small groups. We pray together. We text each other. We meet together. That's the fellowship. If you want more of the Lord, if you want more of the Lord, get in fellowship more. Get in his word more. He's laying it out for us. Fellowship, next thing, the breaking of bread, eat together, hang out together, do life together. We're going to do communion next week, first Sunday of the month. Number six, pray together. We're going to do that in a minute here. Get prayer. Ask for prayer. Get prayer up here after service. Get prayer during the week. Hey, I need some prayer. Would you pray for me? I'm struggling here. This society that we're in, this culture we're in, will isolate you. That's what it's working to do. It's a tendency. I see it in my own home. We're tired. We've been together. We isolate. You know? Someone's on Netflix. Someone's on social media. Someone's doing their Duolingo language stuff. Somebody's just taking, you know, we isolate. We have to do that sometimes recharge, but man, come back together. It's too easy just to isolate. Let's be together. Fellowship. Pray together. The Spirit of God will pull you into fellowship. That's where he drives us because he wants to teach us to love each other, to be generous, to be people who bear the image and likeness of God. Submitted to his spirit, building one another up. Gee, God wants to release the gifts of the spirit in us at a whole new level. But it's going to take some changes for us. He's laying it out. If you want more, I want more. We've got to do the things he calls us to do. And it's, it's going to come up this week. There's going to be something that God's called you to do. And you're like, ah, I'll do it next time. Or something else will come. Oh, that sounds like more fun. That sounds easier. I just want to chill. I'm done. I had a hard day. Yeah, that's why we need fellowship. That's why we need prayer. That's why we need to get together. That's why we need to do the things that God calls us to do. I tell you this, I complain a lot, but I had to fast this week. The Spirit of God was prompting me to do that this week. I don't like to fast. I like food. And I saw no results, honestly. I was just kind of grumpy. But I obeyed. I'm going to trust God with the results. You know, oh, I went to small group because God prompted me, and it was kind of lame. Hey, go again. Next time it might not be. Or maybe you don't be lame. Like, bring something good to the table. Sometimes God, that's how God prompts us to start something new as well. I'm so frustrated, it's not, you know, I need something like this. That can be God, the Spirit of God, prompting something new that he wants to do in you. That's how he does it. So the Spirit of God, when he comes, gives life and growth and joy and peace. He changes things. He gives love. He helps us in these things. He also does something else that's hard. He purifies. He purifies. Let's look at this. Back in Acts chapter 5. Continuing on. Put your seatbelts on for this one. Acts 5, 1. Now a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sold a piece of property, kind of like Joseph Barnabas did. All right? And with his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said... Ananias, how is it that Satan, whoa, has so filled your heart, not the Holy Spirit, but Satan, that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal to do what you want? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied just to human beings, but to God, When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. Boom. And great fear, yeah, great fear seized all who heard what had happened. Yikes. What did Ananias and Sapphira do wrong? I underline it. They lied. They lied. Hey, we sold this land. Here it is. Aren't we generous? Aren't we awesome? We're like Barnabas. Here it is. Here's all of it. They're, they're, They're lying. It wasn't that they didn't give it all. It's that they lied about it. They wanted to look good, better than they were. Hey, if you sold a piece of property and gave it to the church, and you said, hey, we're giving half the money to the church, Amen. Awesome. That's super generous. But, hey, we sold all, and we're giving it all to you. Wow. No, you didn't. It's crazy, right? This is at the beginning of the church. The Holy Spirit is intense and powerful and moving. What's what's He doing? The Holy Spirit is purifying His people. He's purifying the church. Wow. Their their sin, they lie to humans and to God. This is opposition to God's work. Last week we saw opposition to the work of God, this power of God that's been been released by uh, the social leaders, the religious leaders. We saw that opposition last week. This week we see that there's other opposition. Sin will oppose and constrict and quench and hinder the Spirit of God from moving in your life, from moving in this body. And Satan, Satan inspires us. He's still at work. That ancient serpent, man, from the beginning, he's still at work. If you want more of God's Spirit, if you want more of His life, His blessing, His goodness, His presence, if you want more, if you're thirsty, you're hungry for that, you want him to pour that out on you, your family, your loved ones, your, this church? we got to purify ourselves. we got to pray, God, make my hands clean, make my heart clean. we got to confess. we got to repent. Enough of that old sin. It doesn't fit you anymore. You're a child of God. You're part of the kingdom of God. Put it down. Take it off. Crucify it bury it stop trying to manage it i'm talking to myself also here enough which do you want which do i want am i going to keep limping along two ways no i want to follow the lord i want more of him which means obeying the spirit following him getting out of the old that leads to death and that quenches the spirit we want more of God's spirit, we have some things to do. So let's not forget why we're doing it. We're not doing it to be, to get to heaven. We're not doing it to look good for each other. We're doing because we want more of God. We know we need him. We know he's the remedy. So why don't we stand and ask for this. Let's pray together like we were told to do. Let's stand. I want to start by allowing it. Let's just pray to God together, out loud. Together, It might be noisy. It might be busy. Don't worry about what the person next to you is saying. You talk to God, whatever it is, gratitude, confession, repentance, uh, praise. Let's do that. Father God, we thank you. Go ahead. Father God, we thank you. For your blessings, God. We thank you for your spirit. We ask you to purify us, Lord God. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Lord. Come, Lord. Praise you. Let's start with thanks. We thank you, Lord. What does he bring to mind? Just praise him and thank him for whatever he brings to mind. Let's thank him out loud. the Holy Spirit will do this. He will bring to mind sin that he's calling you to turn away from, to put away. Here's a prayer that you can say, Lord God, forgive me for, and you fill in the blank. Lord God, forgive me for. Then I turn away from that sin now. That's repentance. I turn away from it. I receive your cleansing. And I choose to follow you. Holy Spirit, lead me into life. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. I will pour out water. On the thirsty land, streams on the dry ground, I will pour out my spirit on all your offspring. They will spring up like grass. Some will say, I belong to the Lord. Others will call themselves by the name of Jacob. Still others will write on their hand, the Lord's.